Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Dantisha James. Today we are going to talk about love. Yes, love. Love is the high esteem that God has for his human children in the high regard which they in turn should have for him and other people. Because of this hundreds of reflect references to love in the Bible, it is certainly the most remarkable book of love in the world. It records the greatest love story ever written, God's unconditional love for us that sent his son to die on the cross. You ready to get into the word of God? I am so ready to get into the word of God. Let's go into John, John chapter three, and we're going to go down to verse 16, and it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so God gave first his love to the world. His only begotten son, Jesus Christ, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This verse reveals the heart and purpose of God. Let me say it again, this sentence again. This verse reveals the heart and purpose of God. God's love is wide enough to embrace all persons, the world. Let me say it again. God's love is wide enough to embrace all persons in the world. Let's get back into the word of God. We're going to go into 1 Timothy and we're going to go to chapter 2 and I'm going to read verse 4 and it says this. Who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth? Let me say the um, scripture again. Who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth? And so the Bible reveals two aspects of the will of God for humankind with regards to salvation, his perfect will, which says that he wants um, everyone to be saved, which is in Titus chapter two, verse 11, and his permissive will, which acknowledged that he permits many to refuse to come to Christ to receive salvation. And so love is not only one of God's attributes, it's also an essential part of his nature. God is love. Let me say it again. God is love. The Bible declares the perfection uh, of perfect love. Such love suppresses our prayer, our powers of understanding. Let me say it again. Such love suppresses our powers in our prayers. Such love suppresses our powers of understanding. And so God is love. Love is essential, self-given in nature of God. God is spirit. And though God is invisible, he become visible in human form in the person of Jesus Christ. But his essence is invisible. God is changeless. Progress and change may characterize some of his works, but God himself remains unchanged. That's why it says in the Bible that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God is all-powerful. God's power is unlimited. Impossible is not in God's vocabulary word. God is creates and sustains all things, yet he never grows weary. God is all-knowing. God possesses all knowledge. God is everywhere. God is not confined to any part of the universe, but is a present in all his power, every point in space, in every moment in time. God is internal. And so eternity refers to God's relationship, relations to time, past, present, and future are known equally to him. God is holiness. Holiness refers to God's moral excellence about 
Sorry, not about in what he demands. His supply, his holiness is God's gift that we receive by faith through his son, Jesus Christ. God is righteousness. Righteousness as applied to God refers to his affirmations of what is right as opposite to what is wrong. Why am I telling you all about God? Because we need to know who God, who our father Abba is. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we don't know about our God and how he loves us, we look into the world to fulfill us love and love from the, from the world will never be able to fulfill our heart. Only God can fulfill our heart. Only God can fulfill the whole that's inside of our heart because God is love. Let's get back into it. So he's not like us. He don't go by his, how he feels today or how the weather is. God is love. God is amazing. God is good. God is great. We as believers have to learn um, who our father is and how do he how do we expect to um to do all ourselves a um no to do I'm sorry how do we expect to uh, call ourselves a Christian and don't know who our God is not only does he love us unconditionally but he gave first and so God loves us unconditionally, but God wants his children to know who he is, not by what the pastor says, not by what the preachers say, but we have to do our own work. We got to do our own studying with the grace of God, giving us the, the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding of his mistress words in his Bible that we should study every day, not just on Sunday. And so let's get back into John again. I'm going to read this verse again. Even though you heard this, we're going to go back to John chapter three, verse 16. And the word of God says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so God gave his son as an offering for sin on the cross. The atonement proceeds from the loving heart of God. It was not something forced on it was not something forced on him. He loved us when we had no love for him. When we lay in our guilt, when we lay in our guilt and our misery and blood, when we were undeserving, polluted and unclean and wanting to be washed from our sins, Christ, Christ to bear our sins in his own body, to be crucified, to be wounded in his soul and pierced in his side, to be dead and buried for us. Let me say it again. He was dead and buried for us as believers and for such a good beneficial end um, to us that we might live through him, we might live forever through him. We might live in heaven, live with God, and live in eternal glory and blessings with him. And through him, what great love is our heavenly father. Let me say it again. And through him, what great love we have through our heavenly father. And so John 3, 16, I'm going to say this again. And yes, I'm repeating this several times, but you got to know how much you are loved so you can love who you are because that's how much God loves you. He didn't make you and make you a mistake. God created you the way he created you. And that's the way he loves you. And that's the way he created you. We got to be the images like God because he said he made us images like him, not like nobody else. He don't want us to say that we don't love ourselves and downgrade ourselves and criticize ourselves. No, we got to learn how we love, how to love ourselves so we can love others so God can pour his love into us so we can be able to love others as believers. And so again, in John chapter three, verse 16, it says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so to believe includes three main elements. Number one, a sure conviction that Jesus Christ is God's son and the only savior for lost humanity. Number two, 
a self-surrounded fellowship with one with I me mean, with an with in obedience to Christ. Number three, a fully assured trust in Christ that he is both able and willing to bring you to final salvation into fellowship with God in heaven. Perish is often the forgotten word. It points not to the physical death, but to the dreading real reality of internal punishment. And so internal punishment is internal condemnation. What is internal condemnation, Dantisha? Internal, internal condemnation is the lake of fire of hell. So let's go into Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Let's look what the word of God says. And it says this. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy the body, the both the soul and the body in hell. And so Jesus is teaching that there is a place of eternity, eternity, internal punishment for those condemned before God. It is the terrifying reality of continuous punishments, the place of fire that never shall be quenched of everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. The word refers to hell, to a place of internal torment reserved for un the ungodly. Everlasting life is the gift of God, bestows upon us when we are born again as believers. Everlasting, everlasting not only expresses the purpose truly, but also the quality of life, a divine type of life. A life that frees us from the power of sin and Satan and removes us from the what is merely earthly in order to know God. God given himself and all his possessions to his creatures in order to win their response and to possess them for himself. God loved and gave. Let me say it again. God loved and gave. He loved and sought just as a shepherd seeks his sheep. God loved and suffered, providing his love by his by his all on the cross, by his son all on the cross for the redemption of humanity. And so there is three um, kinds of love that God has for his children. Well, not three kinds of God, God's love. But let's talk about the three kinds of love. Let's go into 1 Samuel chapter um, 18. 1 Samuel chapter 18. So we got to know how much we are loved as God's children. And not in a selfish way, in a selfless way. So let's read um, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1 through 3. And the word of God says this. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. Sorry, he loved him as himself. Um, from that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. And so Jonathan had, had formerly set up on a Philistine army with the, the same faith and bravery with which David had now attacked a Philistine giant, Goliath, so that there was between them a very near resemblance of affections and counsels, which made the spirits unite easily, quicker and closely that they seemed but a son soul into two bodies. Jonathan was uneasy to sin. So great souls, though in a body yet disguised in the mean and despicable dress of a poor shepherd. Therefore, Jonathan Speedy gave David a robe of a soldier's sword, bow, and belt that all may take notice of David. Our Lord Jesus Christ shown his love to us that he stripped himself to close us, empty himself to enrich us. He did more than Jonathan. He clothed himself with 
um, are filthy rags of sin. Those who love Christ as their own souls will be willing to join themselves to him in an everlasting covenant. And so the other word agape, um, agape means to have esteem or high regard, intelligent, and purposeful love primarily of mind and will. So let's go back into the word of God. Let's go into John, John chapter 21. And this is what the word of God says. I'm going to go down to verse 15 through 17. And it says this, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said to Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And so Jesus ind indicates that Peter loves must be not only of the will, but also of the heart, a loving springing from both purpose and personal attachment. Jesus' questions to Peter is the great questions for all believers. We must all have a personal heartfelt love for and devotion to Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ's descriptions of believers as a lamp and sheep implies three things. One, we need pastoral care. Two, we need feed consistently in the word, on the word. Three, since sheep are prone to wander into danger, we need repeated guidance, protection, and correction. Jesus sees love as the basic qualification for Christians, Christian services. Other qualifications are needed, but love for Christ and for others is indispensable if we call ourselves Christians and not show love. We are not living the way our Heavenly Father wants us to be. Why gain all these titles and degree, degrees, income, and not have love? Do you know that's what covers all sin? All hate, all bitterness, love, love, love. But for some reason, Christians, not all, but some forget that we are supposed to be to show love to one another. The greatest commandment is love. Without love, we ain't got nothing. And so agape, among the primitive Christians, I love, feasts are feasts of charity, brotherly love of one, one Christian for another. The one word agape is the characteristic terms of Christianity. The word for love is used several different ways in the Bible. And so in John chapter 17, verse 26, the word of God says this. Let's see what it says. Verse 26. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me and may be in them, that I myself be in them. And so agape love indicates the nature of love of God towards beloved sons, towards human race, generally towards those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let us start showing love with one another and not hate each other. Thank you so much for listening to Divine Inspiration. God bless you. Bye.